Hi there, welcome to another episode of The Heart of a Youth Leader. Thank you so much uh, for joining me again. Uh, and thank you for those of you who've given me such encouragements about recent episodes. Uh, it's so wonderful to hear that, that you're enjoying them, benefiting, uh, and you're finding them useful. I want to talk about invitation this morning or today, depending on when you watch this, uh, and to think about what what first brought you into a relationship with God. What what was it that made you decide to be a Christian? For me, I was thirteen years of old. I'd grown up in a family uh, uh, of of Christians, so my mum and dad uh, believed in Jesus, uh, and so I always grew up feeling like I knew who God was but I realised that I didn't always have a living relationship with Jesus himself. Uh, and the thing that really uh, made the difference for me was when I realised that if I was the only remaining ancestor or descendant of Adam, Jesus would still have died on the cross for me. And I'd gone from this place that I was an okay kid. I was an average kid. I was good at some things, bad at others. I was okay at sport uh, and okay academically. It was, you know, usually top sort of um, top half of the class, but not at the top, uh, if that makes sense. And to realise that actually I wasn't just okay. I was really significant to God, that even if I was the only person alive, he still would have sent his son to the cross for me that the father's heart for me is is so overwhelming is so desperate to be with me that he would go through that cost to keep me and for me to know him i wonder what brought you to know him there was a time when one of uh, the uh, young people in my youth group uh, uh she was with us for about 3 or 4 years in the youth group uh, and then when she uh, did her A-levels, she joined me for a, the winter term, September to December, uh, as an intern. And then after that, after Christmas, she went away for six months on a short-term mission trip. She returned from her trip uh, to uh, Africa looking completely different. I didn't recognise her almost when I first saw her after she returned off the plane. Uh, and she'd returned with a very evident eating disorder. Uh, and we realised quickly, actually, that this was something that had been going on for a long time. But, uh, but in Africa, it just enabled it to, to, to expose itself. Uh, and so, unfortunately, she had to go into a, a hospital. Uh, and she was on a, on a ward with another 10 or so uh, teenage girls, all suffering with eating disorders. Uh, and I can remember visiting her one day. And sitting with her and just trying to find out, you know, the measure of the people she's surrounded by. And she said to me, do you know, Andy, out of 11 of us, eight of us go to church. Eight of us are Christians. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing wrong? And so we chatted and we, we, we explored this about, you know, what is it that churches are getting wrong that we're in, not necessarily encouraging young people to have the eating disorders, but that that was it, that was the reality and a consequence. And I guess first of all, it's just to remind us as youth leaders that um, uh, mental health issues are for everybody. 
it, it, it isn't just for those who don't know Jesus, it's for those who do. And for, I know a lot of us are experiencing that in our youth groups. So it doesn't come as anything new. But more importantly, what we talked about was the fact that often in churches, there's an expectation to do as a result of your faith. You know, come and change the world. Come and make a difference in your community. Make a difference in your school. Do something about it. And, and those things are good. But the danger is we're saying you're not good enough. Do more. And we don't, even though we wouldn't want to say that, we don't want that to be the message heard. Uh, and, and, and I vowed from that day to make sure that I could do whatever I could to help young people realise it's not about what you do for God. It's about what he's done for you. You are so important that he sent his son to die for you. And so the, 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 the verses I want to choose today is actually from Jesus calling the first disciples in Matthew 4. Let's have a listen uh, to these few verses. Matthew 4 verse 18 says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Great name. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Come follow me. Jesus' invitation to these fishermen. Uh, and, and there's such depth in these words that perhaps we miss. Uh, I've been reading around uh, uh, the Jewish culture of the time and the rabbis. And rabbis would be looking for the best of the best. They would be looking for those who knew the Torah back to front, who, who looked like they could be like them. Uh, and what would happen is, as you're sort of 12, 13, 14 years of age, if you've gone through the various levels of selection and tests to be good enough to be a, a Jewish rabbi, you might dare to approach a rabbi who you liked and wanted to be like and say, Rabbi, can I follow you? And the rabbi would talk to you and quiz you and question you. Uh, and if he thought you could be like him, because the purpose of the rabbi was to, to was to invest in younger people to be like you uh, and to follow you, to act like you, to think like you. Uh, if they thought that you were good enough, they would say, come, follow me. And then the, uh, the, the students would become disciples of that rabbi and they would drop everything and go wherever the rabbi went. I've even read about a rabbi going into a toilet and all his disciples following him in because they didn't want to miss anything that this rabbi did. Now, I don't know if that's a true story or not, but it's, it's a good one, isn't it? Uh, and so when Jesus comes to these, these young people in their boats, that they weren't good enough, you know, they'd been dismissed because they'd had to go back to a family business. They'd had to go back to doing something different. And Jesus, they don't go to Jesus, can I follow you? Jesus goes, come follow me. You could imagine the, the, the sense of wonder in, in these fishermen. The, the sense of, did he mean us? Has he got it wrong? He thinks we can be like him. Uh, and, and that's what he says, come follow me. And I love the fact that these people are probably young people, especially 
uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which always makes me laugh. And it obviously made Matthew laugh twice because in uh, two sentences, he says his name twice. Uh, it's a great name, Zebedee. Uh, they were they were still with their dad, learning the trade of fishing. They were learning the skills. So therefore, they, they would be young, perhaps 14, 15, 16, maybe 20, perhaps at max. And that's the encouragement for us. Jesus was a youth worker. Uh, and so they dropped everything to follow because Jesus was saying, you can be like me. And that's what Jesus is saying to us when he invites us to come follow me. He's saying, you can be like me. I can see you in, I can see me in you and I can see your potential. So come and follow me. Uh, and the, the, the challenge for us is what are we inviting our young people to? Who are we inviting them to follow? Are we inviting them just to a sense of fun, a sense of community? Or are we inviting them to get to know the risen Jesus? And it's not about what they can do for him as a result. That's not important, although it's wonderful when it happens. We need to make sure we're encouraging them that they don't need to do anything, but just accept the father's love for them because he delights in them. And I want to say that to us today. The father delights in you. The father delights in me. And he says, Andy, you're good enough. You're worth it. I can see me in you and I want you to be more like me. Come, follow me. Go for it. 